0: We will begin with Dr. Ahmed Al Shami. Thank you. Thank you very much, David, uh, and welcome. Thank you very much for coming, and I hope that uh, I will answer some of the questions which David um, um, has given us. You know, a very good uh, take on them. Uh, now, I'll try and restrict myself to 20 minutes. I think the table has turned against me, as you know very well. In Sudan, program, I always restrict people and I get a lot of complaint from speakers saying I haven't given them enough time. So 20 20 minutes, I'll try and restrict myself to 20 minutes. Thank you. Now, what I'm going to... Some of things which I'll be saying is very much in the public domain. I have been in... As far as Sudan is concerned, I've been for 50 years. That'll give you an idea about my age. uh, Interest in the Sudan doing research and things. For 50 years, I've been reflecting on the question of the North-South relation, being an anthropologist, being in touch with people. But I remember the demand for referendum, to start with. The demand is not something in you or the SBLM has achieved uh, or pro- you know, propounded. It's been going on, I remember 1965, meeting Bonham Al-Wal. He was editor of The Vigilant at that time. We sat in the Grand Hotel, as some of our colleagues here will remember. Is a meeting place for European and Sudanese, and uh, he was holding his newspaper, and we introduced somebody introduced him to me, and there it was. You know, he was asking for self-determination. So is something has is been going on before independence and after, you know, independence, and we're glad to say that at last, the, there is a recognition uh, that the South must be given the right to determine their future. And this right has been executed recently and the likelihood, as you may have seen on the website, that <coughs> over 98%, 98% of the people want a secession from the north. But we will come to see the consequences of the secession. Now, the problem, successive civilian and military regimes of the central government have not really addressed the grievances of the south, the westerners or the easterners. And these are, they are surfacing at the moment. The south has been in two civil wars to express their disenchantment with the center. Now Darfur as you know also in civil war and equally the east now is Port Sudan I think there is a march in Port Sudan and 29th, you may have seen it also on the website Uh, asking people to come and protest about the policies of the, um, of this government. So the both the SPLM and the NCP realized that nobody could win the war and therefore one has to give a credit to the present government, not its philosophy, religious and political but in its its adherence to the CPA by signing the agreement that the South should vote you know, in January 9th of January for their future (coughs) now the the intransigent position of previous government really has created a lot of you know, animosities, lots of inequalities, lots of problems. And these are becoming endemic, and it's like what happening now on the street of Cairo or happens in Tunisia. Things have, you know, the ripple effect of this, you could see it, as I say, in Darfur and the East. Even the Nubians, the Kush organization, saying we are different um, and therefore we need our own self determination. <coughs> now, to what is the future for both as David said, you know, we need to discuss the economic and social and political consequences. Now observers, academics, journalists and politicians of various persuasions have highlighted some important points this is post-referendum and it's likely that secession will be achieved. Now first is there really uh, the need for an immediate political dialogue between North and South the need to demarcate the vast border between North and South. People talk about FBA as FBA is the thats the only crossing point between North and South. It's 1,000 kilometers. These have to be demarcated. Recently, um, I think last week, I was at uh, Chatham House, uh, and I'm using Chatham House rules by not mentioning names of people or thing. And um, the uh, person who came to represent the NCP, he said 80% of the Borders have been demarcated. I never really heard of this before. I'm not sure, but certainly this this a major issue because of oil, and because of movements of people. Um, this has to be, you know, to be addressed. And also, the you know people come you know across the borders, the Dinka, the Miseria, and others who follow. Uh, the seasons there across the border and again this is has to be addressed to this is out of necessity rather than political expediency and to issue very important dual nationality what will happen to the northerners who were born in the south and have businesses in the south one of my colleague friend of mine who has business in the south recently I was in Juba three months ago And he said, I really don't know what my future is going to be. I have business in the north, I have business in the south. I was born outside Juba. I I am an Arab by origin, Christian. How am I going to be classified? And he's not alone in this. There are other people. And what this this representative of the NCP at Chatham House said, he said, the NCP or the present central government, would not recognize dual nationality outright he said he said not I'm just really not paraphrasing what he said not one people in two states in a sense people have to choose either here or there more or less uh, the southerner who was also with us remained nameless, he said to maintain a bravery to continue with the good will as far as dual nat- nationality that we have to be brave uh, both sides in order to address the question of dual nationality now these are these issues are of considerable importance and difficult to resolve to both north and south now to resolve them would be a necessary step towards creating reasonable relations between north and south again I am citing the Chatham House, I go to there quite regularly but last week was very interesting um, I think, I'm not sure how many people have been there at that time with me uh, you are dead. And uh, the chap from NCP, he began to address the southerners as brothers. When he finished his talk, one of the southerners raised his hand. He said, look, don't call me my brother. You are not my brother and not yours. you outright. So there was, a, was the first question asked. So he said, shall I call you a friend? He said, fine, I accept that, but don't call me a brother. And you see the mistrust and the problems which has been created, accumulated for a long time. Now, what is significant, however, uh, is that the South will be independent and free to decide its future and policies as it sees fit. Now the self-determination I repeat here self-determination has triggered really demand and aspirations uh, by other groups: Darfurian, Nubian, Beja, and the Bija recently formed what they call the National. Uh, broad broad national front which includes many parties but those who are opposed to the NCP now these groups have expressed as the SPLM expressed or SPLA uh, you know right for equality and their grievances should be addressed by the central government central government has been paying very lip service look at Darfur situation it's a problematic um, never been solved uh, you know, there are stumbling blocks like Khalil and Noor who are putting spoke in the wheel, so to speak. Tijani is Sisi, Arun Abdul Hamid and others, they are in Doha trying to reach some sort of agreement with the NCP. But the major players al Khalil and Noor, they have to be on board in order to reach to reach some sensible solution to the question of Darfur. We hope to bring those two protagonists as well as to make a player to Oxford on the 30th of April Khalil expressed interest that he will come and talk about Darfur but they are going to contact Nur to see whether he's able and whether Sarkozy will allow him to come here <coughs> or even some people say the Israelis will allow him to come here <coughs> now the north has to accept, this is one of the consequences David, the north has to accept in good faith, and north, the central government which is ruling Sudan at the moment have to accept the decision of the southerners as far as their future. Now, the South cannot go back to the old days. Uh, it means what it means to be part of the North. I think that would be not an issue uh, anymore after the declaration of the uh, Republic in July, but it means how do we conduct ourselves in the future between North and South. But equally, the North uh, has to accept though it is sad for some of the people I've been talking to that suddenly the Sudan is going to be dismembered uh, and therefore will be a loss, You know, no longer we will have nine neighbours, we'll have only four neighbours or five neighbours and we will no longer have that movement, uh, restriction and so forth. So, on. so they are making some uh, protestation uh, privately about the consequences. but it is a fact, it's a reality, this is what's going to happen. Now, there are attempts to destabilize this uh, from within and from outside the Sudan with local and international consequences. Now, the North must... Uh, we're here I'm going to talk later on, I asked David permission to talk on one methodological issue which has besieging Sudan studies for the last 50, 60 years. I'm talking here, the North, about the central government. Uh, <coughs> that the need for solving the other ethnic, religious, and political dispute in other parts of Sudan. The NCP cannot ignore the rest of the Sudanese who are not members of the NCP politically or even religiously. Um, I think at the beginning sort of Islam played a role into the NCP philosophy. I think they are not, not ditching it, but somehow they are paying lip service to it at the moment because of the political constraint on the central government. Now to undertake this uh, requires the cooperation involvement of the political forces within the country. That is uh, necessary. Uh, Minus of course the South and post-referendum the South have to be taken on board in the relationship between North and South rather than the NCP goes it alone. I think they will be really in dire difficulties if they try to get it alone. Now the South too needs to address the political and tribal opposition among its people. Uh, The South is not all monolithic uh, politically or uh, uh, tribally. Uh, there are p- opposition to, uh, to the uh, dominance of the Dinka, for example. Now, there are unresolved differences uh, that have been going on for some time, which lead to instability and outside interference. At the moment, uh, and here I'm just in this sort of, uh, we had a conference here about five years ago privately not at the university, but outside Oxford, where we bring we brought a lot of commanders, politicians, journalists, polit- you know, academics uh, there were 80 people flown in from Kampala, Nairobi, Addis Ababa and surreptitiously through Juba and that was the first attempt to south-south dialogue for uh, five days they were locked in the hotel uh, two hotels outside Oxford and the foreign office, the Sudan government uh, sending delegations saying can we take part, can we see and I said I'm terribly sorry I am organizing it with Bona, but look I am out, it's up to the southern Sudanese to sort their problem, why you want to be, you wait until the uh, you know the deliberations will be come public so that was the first attempt or recognition that South-South dialogue must be attempted if the South will achieve stability as far as the future state is concerned this was forgotten and now been revived to three days, you know two, well, three months ago uh, bona has been instrumental back again i remember i went with bona not for this reason we went uh, lama Cole, myself and bona we flew to juba uh, i was there on the margin say i really like to see juba i never seen juba in my life i like to see how this juba is going to you know, look like you know reading about it hearing about it so I left Bona and Lamakol to deal with Selbakir, though Selbakir very kindly invited me later on to dinner, to, and very graciously, we had a very nice dinner, four of us. But there is, I sat also, we saw Riak Machar, and uh, I'm not going to tell you what's happening, because I said, look, I want to get out from here. It is entirely up to the south to discuss, and Riak Machar said, no, you must stay here. So I was next to Lama Khol and Bona between Lama Khol and Riyad Machar, and everybody knows, I mean, no, many of you knows the the difficulties between these two gentlemen in the past. So there was a discussion about, you know, the South-South dialogue, uh, which was very satisfactory, accepted, and off we went straight away to Juba airport and came to Khartoum. So since then, Bona has been shuttling between Khartoum and Juba, trying uh, to uh, to take this further in terms of um, the dialogue between the various southern forces which is absolutely correct, it's very important. SBLM were negative towards the others until recently, now they have consented in a sense that is to say to allow this dialogue between um, southern Sudanese forces. Now the South will have really an uphill struggle uh, to establish the legitimacy of the newly created state Civic institutions stamping out corruption and misuse of resources it needs uh, a reasonable cadre of civil servants whose loyalty is to the newly created state rather than to its diverse tribal affiliation this is going to be an say is an upcoming struggle it's extremely important but we don't really expect miracles to happen any newly state is going to face many problems but I think we have to give you know some support to that you know to that the newly created state um, And equally, the North is going to be on its own without the South and um, so it needs a new constitution and to reconstruct its relation with the international community and particularly its neighbors, Ethiopia, Kenya, Uganda, uh, Central African Republic and uh, well sooner or later will be also Chad. So it is not an easy. Situation by it. people think, ah, you know, once they vote, they achieve independence and all is well, all will be rosy. No, I think there are a lot of thorny issues, and these thorny issues it needs at least what's really a cooperation, collaboration between southerners themselves and between north and south and northerners themselves. And I think this is, we hope that such, uh, uh, such uh, a policy will be pursued. In the future, as far as the relationship between North and South. Now, before I, um, I think I'm all right, David. Time-wise, three minutes. Three minutes, minutes, right? So, in three minutes, I'd like really to address. For 50 years, I have been saying to many of my colleagues and academic, like, like that. To clarify categories of people, journalists, even some of my colleagues, academic, tend to lump people together, North and Sudanese. Now this is erroneous, this is not correct. Who are the northern Sudanese? Darfurian, Bija, Nubian, the river and tribe people, do they have something in common? Even their Islam is different from each other, their mode of life is different. And equally, say, (coughs) southerners, who are the southerners? Dinka, Noor, Shiluk, Aniwak, Zandi, they differ. So to lump them together, is not correct and is erroneous because they do not represent a common philosophy or political stance. Secondly, the particularity in the elaboration of people who wrote about suddenly northerners, southerners, is not represented in this generality of taking people as a whole. Secondly, which I really want is that what if we talk about the north, talk about government, the urban, the educated, Uh, some of it is really ignorance, people have not been to the north or to the east or to the west to see for themselves how people project themselves in relation to the centre. And then we have to refine our categories we have to be say, as close as possible to the reality of those people rather than lump them together as if they represent a monolithic culture, represent a monolithic political stance. Now the as I said, hitherto the attention is paid to to generalities, all northern and I think this is very unfortunate. Um, now sharing a religion, if those people share one religion and not even Arabic language sometimes, that the North, East and West doesn't mean they have a political uniformity. Look at Darfurian, they are up in arms. Look at the bija they are up. So to, to throw them all together is very unfortunate uh, and some of it is politically motivated. It's very easy categories, you know, doesn't matter, you know, oh yeah, we lump them all together. But I have been for 50 years saying, well, this is not the case. If you want to talk about North South, try to be specific, try to be particular, rather than simply lump them together. An ordinary shayi, we say, well, look, the South, I mean, this is the area I studied. He said, those Southerns are different from us. Give them their rights. You go to the center, there is civil war going on. So you cannot lump all those people sitting in the rural areas who constitute the majority of the population saying they are exactly the same as their politician. No. So I hope that in the future when people talk about it, trying to to be precise in what they criticize or what they say about the So I stop here, David, and then let you... Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.